1: Hello and welcome back to India on 99.94, your home of Indian cricket content on the web, on your podcast app, on YouTube and via the 99.94 app of course as well. I'm your host Nikesh Raghani as always alongside my co-host Sarawaris of Wisdom And Sara, only one place to start really, India versus Pakistan, the Super 12 stage of the T20 World Cup. We've waited and waited and and we've known this moment was coming for quite some time and it's almost upon us and the the tension is already building, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it's building, especially after the uh, defeat against Pakistan last year and then in the Asia Cup this year. Uh, It's almost like, you know, we aren't as complacent as before and it's expected to be a close match. So everyone is excited.
1: Yeah, well, Expected to be a close match. It it rarely is, isn't it, between India and Pakistan. It goes one way or the other quite comprehensively, really, usually at ICC tournaments in India's favour. But as we saw in the last World Cup, as you mentioned, in the UAE, Pakistan, 152 without loss, just chased down those runs pretty easily in the end and and India's batting just wasn't up to the mark. Um, Having said all that, India have had decent prep they've been winning bilateral series whether it be T20s or ODIs for fun um in the last 12 months or so and they continue to to look good on paper the batting's taken this different approach since the last world cup as well given all that let's talk about the indian 11 the the 11 that we think is going to start on sunday which you would assume would be the strongest 11 Uh, according to them. Um, I'll I'll give you my top four. I don't think there's any surprise in the top four. You'll probably agree with me and and we could probably swiftly move on. Uh, Rohit Sharma, Kail Rahul, Virat Kohli, Suruka Mariadev. Agreed?
2: Yeah. No doubt.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Goes without saying, doesn't it? No, No dramas there in the top four. And then comes the interesting bit, doesn't it? Maybe not the personnel, but the order in which they bat, maybe the personnel as well. Uh, so you've got five, six, seven. You've got to fit Hardik in there somewhere. Does he come in at five? Do you put in somebody else ahead of him at five? Um, there's no Jadeja, of course, so that makes it tricky in terms of who plays there. Um, there's uh, there's different options, aren't there? There's Deepak Huda, for example, who could come in. Um, DK, does he bat? Very low down. Does he bat seven? Does he get pushed up to six? Maybe even five, depending on the situation um, of the game. Where where do you see them going with that middle order?
2: Um, it's going to be Hardik, T K, and uh, Akshar. There's I don't think there's debate over that. Um, Pant will have to sit out. Uh, with regards to where they bat, I think instead of a fixed batting position, uh, it's going to depend on you know the number of overs left. Uh, According to that, because this is how India have used DK also, you know, instead of sending him at either five, six or seven, they have uh, kept the last four or five, uh, not even five, the last four overs for him technically. So, I don't think it's going to depend on, okay, now India third wicket down, DK you go in or Hardik, you go in, it's going to depend on the overs left, I think, and um. It's actually not a bad move. You know, it shows that Indian team is uh, being flexible with regards to it. So, uh, yeah, I don't have any issues with it. The issue remains, you know, the number seven. Number seven, okay, yeah, Akshar will be there. He's no doubt about that, that. He's a fantastic bowler. But, you know, with his batting is, like, is he good enough to be your number seven, especially in Australia, you know, where the boundaries will be a little longer. So, yeah, is he your best number seven? But then India don't have any options. So I think that's what...
1: Yeah, that that's the issue, isn't it, with the middle order, really? When you look at five, six, seven, you want your number seven to be a proper all-rounder, to contribute with the bat. Um, you know, in high-pressure situations, in big tournaments, you, you might well lose a few early wickets. You're playing against the best in the world. And... That that could happen against Pakistan, you know, particularly if, if Shaheen gets going early on and we lose a few early ones, we need to bat as deep as possible. That to me seems like a big flaw in this side. Aksha is is capable, and some would argue in T twenty cricket, just as capable as Jadeja, looking at the stats and, and the IPL records and all that kind of stuff. Um there's not much difference really. Aksha has batted in the top three sometimes. Uh, in franchise cricket um so he is capable you're right bigger boundaries but you know then there's the opportunity to knock it around and get those twos and threes perhaps which isn't such a bad thing either um it's just yeah it it, it just feels a bit light to me coming in with Uxbridge at number 7 and and does that in turn then put that extra pressure on the top order, and and can they play as freely as they have been doing of late? That's that's another key question because it's all well and good doing it in India, in conditions that you're used to and on good batting tracks. And I'm not saying there won't be good batting tracks in Australia, but there's a lot of pace. You know, short deliveries might come into it. Not everyone in that Indian top order is comfortable facing short fast bowling, or, or you know, the seam as well. The 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 stitching, the the seams have changed on these Kookaburra balls it swings more than it used to early on. So it's not just going to be one over of swing. It might be four overs of swing early on. So then you've got swing from Shaheen, for example, at high pace early on and, and one or two others. And and we're not just talking about Pakistan, but even going through the tournament, that, that could prove to be an issue in terms of playing that brand of cricket, do you think? Do you, do you think that's going to be in the mindset of the top order now that, hang on a minute, we've been playing this way, Successfully for twelve months, but we don't bat that deep. So maybe we just want to take one or two less risks in the power play. Do you think that might be a be a thing?
2: Uh yeah. Also, um, you know, with Harshal possibly not playing, um, the tail, you know, isn't someone who, uh, like there probably will be Chahal there'll be uh, Shami, and there'll be Arshdeep, and who we can bat around a bit. But you know. You can't expect the tail to chip in consistently also. So, yeah, the top order... I I hope, uh, uh, though, that the top order backs its strengths and they don't, you know, uh, take on the pressure that, oh, my God, we don't have uh, a a strong enough number seven or, you know, our batting is possibly till only number six. I hope that they back their strengths because they've been playing this way um, in the last one year or so. So, uh, because if they take on that pressure, you know, initially up front that, okay, this is, uh, we are anyway lighter, then it's just going to, you know, create that kind of a mess and clutter in their heads. And possibly they won't be able to bat the way that they have been batting. So, I just hope that, uh, yeah, just back the natural game. And uh, I think the middle order is strong enough with Surik Kumar, Hardik and Dinesh Kartik too. Uh, even if the top order fails now, they'll be able to you know uh, control the game and stick around and then go after the shots also so i think um, the top order should also you know just uh, bat a little more freely because that is what is going to get you success so just that fearlessness and you know being bold up front
1: having said that though i, I just i've got a feeling that yeah you're right the middle order will probably look like that aksha sure coming in at 7 so there's one spinner who spins the ball away from right-handers into left handers. You said Jahel will probably be there. I, I'm not so sure. I think I, I've got a hunch that they're gonna pick Ushwin. A for the fact that he just turns the ball the other way. I mean he can spin it both ways, but he's an off-spinner, and then you've got Uksha spinning it the other way. I know they're they're both not huge turners in this format of the game, and Uksha is not a huge turner generally, he's more of a skidder. Um I just, I think they'll go that way. And also, just before we came on air, you were talking about the vulnerabilities of Pakistan's top order against off-spin as well.
2: Yeah, so um, I know that uh, Rohit Sharma and the management of Lee, they've uh, they've been... um, Picking Ashwin only in teams uh, that have a lot of left-handers. And we've discussed that, you know, that a good bowler will do well against right-handers also. And I have this stat, I just uh, randomly was looking it up. And this stat, like, proves it that Ashwin doesn't, you only need left-handers to succeed again. So, uh, Azam has a strike rate of 111 versus off-spin, dot-ball percentage of um, almost 29 Rizwan has a strike rate of 108 versus off-spin, dot-ball percentage of 32. Uh, Against leg spinners, uh, Rizwan's uh, strike rate is 133 and Babur's is close to 130 also. Uh, So, you know, if you can get in Ashwin there, you can possibly bowl one or two overs uh, in the power play and, you know, just slow the game down initially because um, we know how Pakistan play. You know, somehow they... Yeah, we've spoken a lot about the templates. Also, a lot has been spoken about their batting approach. So, if he can just slow the game down and um, I think India will benefit from that. And also the fact that okay, India look at Ashwin bowling against left spinners. Um, sorry, against the left-handers. Fagar Zaman will be there. He'll be at number three. He's a left-hander. Nawaz possibly is a um. He'll be at number four, I think. So again, uh, the left-hander and then uh, Akshar can come in. So uh, I I think Ashwin should be the first pick over, Chael. I don't know what you feel, but uh, yeah.
1: I think so as well. Given, given all that as well, I mean, those stats shocked yeah. me really. I, I wasn't expecting it to be quite so low in terms of uh, strike rate for both of those two against off-spin. And, and the dot-ball percentage as well. It's it's a massive factor. And the fact that you've just had a quick look at that and you've seen that, India got a whole team of analysts working on these sorts of things. So they would have definitely picked up on this quite some time ago. And I'm but sure it's a, a, a going a to come Schwind into their thinking. But then
2: the Asia Cup,
1: um, you
2: know, the Asia Cup India.
1: India's men and women both seem to be using the Asia Cup as like an experimental thing, don't they? So who knows? But... Given all that, given the fact that he bats as well and, and can potentially be pushed even further up ahead of Akshay Patel, given the situation, depending on who's bowling and all those sorts of things, I think it's a great option. Um, so if it was us, we'd, we'd probably go with and 8. And then uh, the three quicks, it looks as though it's going to be Shami, Bhuvi and Arshdeep, doesn't it? Agreed.
2: Yeah, it should be that uh, uh, Harshal isn't the best death bowler, plus Shami just brings in that experience which the Indian team wanted, plus that pace. So I think, uh, yeah, that, that's the element for me, who we are and Shami. All
1: right, so just... Uh... To recap, then, so this is what we think uh, the 11 will be for India in that first match. Then, so Rohit Sharma, captain, opening the batting with Kale Rahul, Virat Kohli, three, Yadav, four, um, possibly Hardik at five, DK, six, uh, Akshay Patel, seven, Ashwin at eight, we think, and then uh, it'll be Shami, probably nine. Uh, I mean, it. Order No, maybe Bouvi 9, uh, Shami 10, Oshdeep yeah. 11. So that's what we think will be the India team to line up against Pakistan in the Super 12 stage. Um, we'll discuss uh, the Pakistan team uh, in just a few moments as well. We'll take a short break here and off the back of that, we'll discuss uh, not just their, their top order, but perhaps what bowling combination they'll go in with and uh, their resurgence of their middle order as well, which has been a concern for some time. See you in a moment.
0: You're listening to Cricket's Conversation on 99.94. Whatever your team, we have the show for you on podcast, YouTube, or on the 99.94 app. We have India, England, South Africa, West Indies, and now Sri Lanka covered. If you want to find us, the best way is to follow us on social media at 9994DM by downloading the 9994 app or Google... 99.94 99.94 on podcast. We
1: speak cricket. So Pakistan then, pr- quite predictable at the top. Barbara and Rizwan, that partnership which will probably go on for many years, has been successful. There have been lots of critics about strike rates and these sort of things. And they both, they're both they both players who who can strike at better than they do in this form of the game, which is... The puzzling thing, I suppose, I mean, sometimes, look, they don't need to hit the 140s, 150s, 160s because they're winning matches anyway. They've got a very good bilateral record whenever those two have been opening the batting and and they win more matches than they lose and they've been pretty successful at it. You know, you saw what they did against India in the last World Cup. They didn't really need to break a sweat in making that 152. Um, but... The issue is, I suppose, if they eat up a lot of deliveries and then there's not enough time for that middle order to come in. So they will open the batting. You'd think Fakir Zaman, who was just drafted in quite late into the official squad just before the deadline of the 15th of October, will come in at number three. That's the the combination they've gone in with in these tournaments. Uh, That's the combination they used at the last World Cup as well. Um, Didn't need to bat against India, of course. And then comes the middle order, which hasn't really had that much of an opportunity. They don't get to face a lot of deliveries because Mm. of the way the top two and the top three tend to play. But, you know, the likes of Nawaz, for example, has has sort of come onto the scene and done really well uh, with both bat and ball. Um, And and they've shown, haven't they, in recent times that they can strike it pretty well. And, And as long as they get that platform where the first 10 overs have been played out perhaps by Barbara and Rizwan, that they can really come and tee off and and they've been doing really well, haven't they? Shadab Khan has been pretty successful uh, of late as well and uh, it's it's a real area of improvement for Pakistan in recent times.
2: Yeah, and Shadab Khan at number four, I think um, it's going to be um, a good position for him because, you know, he... uh, We spoke about the troubles of uh, Bapur and Rizwan against spinners, uh, against off spinners, but they, uh, so obviously the overall struggles against, uh, they struggle against spinners overall. Shadab Khan on the other hand has a strike rate of 150 against spinners. So, you know, somehow he can do the role which uh, Surya Kumar Yadav does for India, you know, Kohli and Rohit, they have their struggles against spin. But then, you know, Surya Kumar just comes in and starts hitting, uh, which is what shadab Khan also did when he uh, batted at number four in the recent tri-series. So, um, you know what? Uh, it's such a luxury for Pakistan to have the kind of talent that they do, you know, in the middle order, especially uh, there's Khushdil Shah also, there's... Asif Ali also, there's Heather Ali also. So um, Nawaz, obviously we spoke about Nawaz. So um, you know they can just uh, pick and choose whoever they want to send in. And uh, and most of them have done well recently. So um, yeah, we there's a lot of focus on Barber and Rizwan, and not without reason. Uh, they've also shown that you know they can bat with a uh, with a uh, like more aggressively in the. Uh, Match against uh, one match against England. They scored 200 or without. Uh, you know they uh, Pakistan didn't lose a wicket and uh, so they can bat aggressively. It's just you know why why can't they do it more consistently? But then the middle order comes in and you know just uh, uh, tease off from ball one and so it's going to be a huge challenge for India, you know, and especially how they manage their resources because. Possibly uh, uh, Akshar Patel can be saved, like Rohit Sharma can save Akshar Patel to bowl against the right-handers. But then what if Pakistan sends a left-hander in Nawaz up the order? So, you know, uh, that's a good way to toy with India's, you know, tactics and all. And that's the whole reason why this match is going to be a little more interesting than um, probably, hopefully, the last uh, World Cup encounter.
1: Yeah, um, well, hopefully it is. And and hopefully it's a, a closer contest than it was last time as well. It's I just sort of throw back to previous generations and, and it was always sort of the Pakistani bowling against the Indian batting. That that was usually the battle and it's not to be disrespectful to the Indian bowlers of the time or the Pakistani batters, but Pakistan as a batting unit in those days, they, they had one or two guys, you know, say the Syed Anwar at the top of the order and maybe the Insy in the middle who might strike fear into the opposition. There was no one else who was consistently world-class at that time. I'm going back to sort of very early 2000, you know, let's say the 03 World Cup. Yunus Khan was still quite young onto the scene and was having his struggles at sort of nailing down a, a place in the team. At that point, there was you know, Yusuf Johanna as he was then, and then Mohammed Yusuf later became known as, wasn't quite on the scene. And it it just didn't strike fear into you, that batting lineup. And you know, you had a 3D in and out the side, but it was more of a spinner who bowled a bit. Um so there, there wasn't really that fear. Now they they seem to have got a unit together that can be successful, particularly in T twenties. Like they've shown. Look, in the longer form of the game, they've they've still got a bit of a way to go, you'd feel, to be have that consistent, solid batting combination. But they've got a good batting combination now. Um, as have India, of course, uh, in this format. And their bowling unit seems to be at the moment more settled in terms of the you know, lack of injuries, obviously, with Shaheen coming back. India have got Bumrah out, which is a massive issue for them. That I just think overall they've, you know, India probably a little bit better in the batting department and Pakistan are probably a little bit more, you know, ahead than, than India are with the bat, with the ball, uh, seeing as they've got Shaheen back as well. And that could give them the edge. Um, and it's not just Shaheen, is it? I, I think in terms of their, they're going to pick three quicks. And when we say quicks, I mean genuine quicks, um, not just sort of medium fast bowlers, all 90 mile an hour bowlers. Shaheen's going to play and I think they're going to go with a combination of Harris Ralph, who who has to play in this form and probably Naseem Naseem yeah. Shah. Would you agree yeah. with that?
2: Yeah, and that, I agree That's with pretty. That. Yeah.
1: Pretty tasty, isn't it?
2: <laughs> yeah. It's always been, you know, India Pakistan has always been India's batting versus the bowling and uh, versus Pakistan's bowling. So, um no disrespect to any department, but that's always uh, like over the years because Pakistan have genuine quicks, not like, you know, uh, two out of India's uh, fast, m- medium paces, they'll be in the 130s, Arshdeep and Buvi, while Pakistan, you know, they'll have those quick bowlers, yeah. So, um, and Rohit, we spoke last episode how Rohit anyway, struggles against left-armers, uh, KL Rahul also doesn't have the best record against uh, left-armers, so... Um. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting match. Uh, Virat Kohli has an excellent record against uh, Pakistan in the World Cup, and I hope there's you know another knock waiting in the wings for him.
1: Yeah. Well, that that would be uh, the the icing on the cake, really. I mean, just to to hop back to the Pakistani bowling as well. You mentioned that the genuine quicks, and they do have a lot more pace in their department. Um, Particularly in this World Cup squad than India, obviously Boomer is a big miss. You know, genuine pace and just the the genuine skill that he has as well. The best in the world across all three formats. It's it's weird though because if you look at in Test cricket, you know Harris Ralph isn't really a Test bowler, and then Nasim Shah has just kind of come onto the scene. Might be might go on to have a successful Test career. We don't know. But it's only really Shaheen who's who's there and consistently performing well in test cricket. But then when you look at India over the last three or four or five years in test cricket, they've had more pace and more skill because you've then got the likes of, you know, Shami, who, you know, we don't consider as one of our better T20 bowlers, although he's in the squad. He was bowling, you know, 90 miles an hour. You've got Bumrah bowling 90 miles an hour. You've got Umesh Yadav bowling 90 plus as well. And then you had Ishant for a long time, um, didn't quite have the pace, was was getting you know longer in the tooth than the others, um, but had the genuine skill and, and the bounce and, and the great record against left-handers and all the rest of it. So, you know, genuinely fearsome test bowling attack, but that hasn't quite translated. Yes, Siraj as well, you know, he's he's got the ability to bowl over 90 miles an hour as well, but you then bring them into T20 cricket and they haven't quite had that same impact, all of these guys, apart from... Bumrah, really, they've tried Umeshiadev, didn't quite work out. Shami's been in and out, he's back in, hopefully he'll have a successful tournament. But without Bumra, it's just the one guy, really, who's got the, the genuine pace, who's going to be in the starting 11. Look, it's not all about pace. I mean, we could have just gone Umran Malik route and, you know, it would have been exciting, but could have backfired and, and he could have leaked a lot of runs it can happen in this form so yeah it's it's interesting the the makeups of both of the fast bowling stocks and how pakistan's have been very successful in t20 cricket whereas for india it's not been the bowlers with the most pace who have been the most successful it's been the likes of bhuvi and ashdeep and now coming into the side and deepak jaher and all these guys who just sort of bowl that sort of fast medium low 80 miles an hour but can swing it, can bowl at the death, whatever it might be. Different skill sets that they've got, so so interesting makeups. But um, yeah, I, I think it's it's going to be particularly if India bat first. Straight away, all those memories are going to flood back of like Wasim Akram and Waka Yunis versus Saurav Ganguly and Sachin Tendulkar at the top of the order in white ball cricket. It's it's going to be that sort of battle again if india bat first even if they bat second to be honest if pakistan can post a decent total there's going to be huge pressure um and you know we we look forward to it we we live for these moments we live for these big matches and uh yeah pakistan have certainly got a, a strong side as have india um it's just whether or not india's bowling can uh, be up to the mark and, and and that is i suppose the the big question isn't it and um talking of pressure Uh, We're going to be discussing that in just a moment after another short break. If you love the language of cricket and want more, then head over to the
0: 99.94 app and you can hear all of our podcasts and cricket commentary. We're adding new shows all the time and covering cricket series from all over the world. Be the first to hear all of our announcements by following us on social media at 99.94dm.
1: Welcome to Cricket's Conversation. So sorry, we've we've talked about the the two sort of make-ups of the side that we think are gonna go into the match on Sunday. Touched on pressure as well. I mean, there's always pressure, isn't there? We've discussed this before. The media pressure, the the bookies pressure on, on India. And I'm talking about legal betting, by the way, in, in terms of being favorites and you know, amongst the top two or three favorites in every tournament that they go into probably since 2011. And they've not won anything, not an ICC tournament, since uh, 2013, that Champions Trophy in England. So it's been a long time coming. But despite that, they're always right up there. There's the added pressure of playing against Pakistan. There's the added pressure as well, the added tension, I should say, of India not touring Pakistan for the Asia Cup now next year, like we discussed on the previous episode that's going to fire up the Pakistanis as well, you would have thought. And I mean, there's the, it just seems like there's a bit more tension around this one than there has been in recent times. Again, you know, in these matches between India and Pakistan, we saw it at the Asia Cup. Yeah, there was the usual build up and the hype and all that kind of stuff around both matches, particularly the first one, last year's T20 World Cup. But this time, there's the fact that there's all this other stuff going on with the Asia Cup and J Shah and all that. There's the fact that Pakistan beat India for the first time in an ICC World Cup uh, in the, in the last, last tournament in the UAE. So there's that enormous weight of expectation and pressure on India from the media, from the fans, from everyone, from themselves, from their own family members probably and friends. It just seems like there's a bit more this time, doesn't there?
2: Yeah, and uh, again, you know, the timing of, you know, Jay Shah's comments, um, and the whole Asia Cup fiasco. Why do you have to do it before the World Cup? And obviously timing they won't care. They won't care that, you know, this is the World Cup. So we should, you know, probably talk about this uh, after the World Cup ends and all. But that's Indian politics for you. That's that's how it works. Uh about pressure, it's um it is a huge thing because that that's one of the reasons why india have you know uh, consistently reached the finals they've reached uh they've reached the semi finals finals on a few occasions but they've just not you know been able to raise their game um So, almost makes me wonder, is India a bilateral winning side and not a championship winning side? Like, um, they win the bilaterals, they do so well, even against a B team, so to say, you know, they consistently do well against different oppositions in different conditions, but against this, like, uh, they face the same team in a World Cup or in an ICC event, even the Asia Cup recently we saw, and they somehow just, the problems just, you know, double up. It's like one problem, uh, we see one issue pop up, and then the other issue, and then uh, so many more things. So, like, sort of, you know, the Indian team starts unraveling One once uh, one issue comes up, and then, uh, you know, they're just not able to hide that and uh, cover that up and do better in the other games. Uh, and this time the group is going to be a slightly more tricky for India. Netherlands have qualified. We don't know who the other team is. So Netherlands aren't. Uh, um, last year it was Namibia and Scotland and Afghanistan. Netherlands can spring a surprise. Um, like they're not a mino mino. They obviously they are a strong team. So it, this time the teams like the group is not going to be as easy as it was last time also so you know just the importance of starting well um is double this time because at least last year they had the option of uh okay one bad game and then you know they had almost three win- wins guaranteed so to say against afghanistan namibia scotland they didn't do well in two matches and were kicked out well
1: africa you know afghanistan yeah. wasn't a guarantee was yeah. it i mean they were playing well india thumped them and and it came too late, but they gave Pakistan a very close run in in that one. They gave New Zealand a bit of a scare at one stage as well. So yeah, I'd, look, I get what you're saying about the Netherlands. That they, I I saw the Netherlands. Um, I was there in person when they beat England uh, at the T20 World Cup um, way back 2009, I think it was. Um, so, you know, they they can spring a surprise. Um, you're right, they've got experience in their side. Um, they've got, you know, players who've played county cricket and all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of, you know good sort of hard-working mentality about the group as well and and skill as well. So, you know, maybe they can spring a surprise. India will be... I mean, the swords will be out, won't they? The knives will be out for the whole India team and the board if if they were to lose to somebody like the Netherlands. That would be an absolute disaster. Um, But just based on Sunday's match as well, um, yeah, huge pressure. (laughs) Will the match kick off? Just looking at the weather report here for Melbourne... Um, it looks pretty shocking at the moment. I mean, there's, there's a chance of rain all day and, and well into the evening as well. So, yeah, it doesn't doesn't look particularly great. I mean, the, the one saving grace is that I've been to Melbourne and I've been to a couple of matches at the MCG. One of them was India versus South Africa in the 50-over World Cup. Great atmosphere, 87,500 people. Most of them were Indians on that occasion and it was great so it would be great to see india pakistan in that kind of atmosphere with you know 90,000 people or whatever um but the rain isn't a great look the one saving grace though is that melbourne is is very weird when it comes to the weather i mean you'd be walking down the street literally it'd be baking hot 35 degrees 40 degrees sunshine within half an hour the grey clouds come over it chucks it down then it will go sunny again then you'll get hail and sleet for the next hour or so then it'd be it's just weird you could have all four seasons in a day in melbourne is what i'm saying the weather just flips and changes as it pleases so hopefully given all that if we do see showers at the mcg they won't last too long that's ICC will saying, announce maybe. a
2: reverse uh, reserve day just for India Pakistan. ICC should announce a reserve day
1: for <laughs> well, India Pakistan. It's in their interest, it, isn't it, to yeah. to make the money because Even if that match doesn't go ahead,
2: yeah. Just imagine the broadcasters and everyone yeah. and the uh, loss. That Although the have broadcasters the have paid,
1: they've already paid, haven't they? So the broadcasters are probably lose out, weren't they? The, you know, the star sports of this world, the the host broadcasters, because they've already paid over the odds for the, these ICC tournaments, this package that they've got with the ICC. And it's all based on India playing Pakistan every single time, because that's when they make all their money. And if that doesn't happen, uh, they're going to lose a lot of advertising revenue as well. So, you know, we, we hope it happens, not for those reasons, but we just want to see the cricket. Oh uh, yeah,
2: we are talking about the ICC and... Um... The broadcasters losing out money. I just saw a tweet where someone said that uh, they've just bought the tickets for India Pakistan. They're flying all the way to Australia for India Pakistan. And what if the match is not held? There'll be so many people like that. Yep. So, uh, for their sake, I hope the match is held. And I know not a, couple a, of not people a third match. Yeah.
1: I know a couple of people who just literally just going for that match. I mean, you know, it's <laughs> it's a disaster, isn't it? If If you go there, you spend probably a lot of money on the tickets, the flights, accommodation. I mean, you know, going from the UK, from America, some people, from Canada, there's there's people who literally just be going for this one match. And it's a long way to travel. It's a lot of money spent. Your insurers are not going to cover you for for rain at the cricket. You might get a refund on the tickets, which is fine. Um, but your flights and everything else and, and the time and the accommodation and everything else um so we just look we hope it goes ahead it'll be a great atmosphere if it does and uh india desperately just need to kick off this world cup in style with victory against the arch rivals and and that will calm a lot of nerves that will Probably get Indian fans talking about winning the World Cup and we're back on track and all this and get them in into dreamland. Um, it might not be that quite that straightforward, but uh, beating Pakistan is the first step. And uh, yeah, we'll keep across that one for People you
2: off. on Sunday. People logging off, what's your prediction?
1: Oh God, I thought we weren't doing this.
2: Yeah, Do I I'm I just not- go for the
1: reverse psychology and say Pakistan are going to thump India. And then it just yeah, goes the other that. way. Is, is that... You can do that. <laughs> but I, if Pakistan sure win, it'll will be happen. on
2: you. If Pakistan win, no, it'll be on
1: you. No, then. no, I'm not sure that will happen. Look, I think it will be closer than we've seen in recent times. We all hope for a close contest, a close contest that India win, of course. Um, I just think India India's batting is going to win it for them, whether that be they bat first and post well over 200, it's just too much for Pakistan, or they just chase down whatever's in front of them. I just think India's batting will will win it for them and it'll have to. What do you reckon?
2: Uh, I somehow feel it'll be the bowling which stands out somehow. Like, Yeah, batting... But if the batting does well, it won't really be a surprise. I somehow think it's the bowling. A lot is going against them. Zero expectations from from them. Somehow feel the bowling is going to uh, rise up and be the stars. Not only against Pakistan, but, you know... uh, throughout the World Cup so hope again my predictions have come very wrong I just hope that's not the case
1: here's a prediction then Ashwin to take three for three for not too we'll many we'll
2: hold you to
1: that yeah we'll hold you three to that. he might not even play now <laughs> whoever plays just win yeah. just win that's all we want so we'll keep across that one on Sunday and uh, we'll, we'll have a, a review episode following that and hopefully we'll be talking about an India victory so- Thanks for listening to India on 99.94. Please rate, review and subscribe. You can download the 99.94 app from where you get your apps usually. And you can follow us personally on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Nikesh Raghani and Sarah is at Swaris16. We'll put links up for everything we do there on this podcast and beyond. And you can also follow our network at 99.94 DM on social media. Remember, if you love cricket, then we are the home of cricket audio. Follow us for podcasts and commentary from the bat and ball world. Thanks for joining Cricket's Conversation 99.94.
0: Odds makers and influencers. Every episode of Double Down with Russlo is packed with insider tips, deeply skilled analysis, and in depth discussions. Don't miss out on the ultimate resource for mastering the business of sports betting. Listen to Double Down with Russlo on the Evergreen Podcast Network or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Double Down with Russlo, the business of sports betting podcast.